Here we go. Hello, I'm Charles van Veek. Welcome to Salt and Light. It's wonderful to have you listening as we have a chat today, again, about how we can be salt and light in society. What does the Bible say about various issues? And today we're going to talk about jobs, about the economy, about business. And as we've seen a lot of um, tragedy in these areas, people losing their jobs, uh, those who are suffering, companies closing down, the economy shrinking, and many, many people, including Christians, are uh, sitting at home and wondering what has God got planned for us. So we have Ian and Nicole in the studio with us. Ian, welcome. And Nicole, welcome to Salt and Light. Hi, Charles. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. Nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you with us. Ian and Nicole, give us a little bit of your background. We're going to be talking about business and economics and all these sorts of things. Ian, give us a bit of an idea of where you come from and what you've been doing. All right, Charles. Well, I um, was born in Cape Town, raised in KwaZulu-Natal, went to university there. I studied economics. I did a postgrad in economics. And then from that stage on... I ran my own businesses. So I did garden services. I did irrigation installation and maintenance. I had a pie shop uh, in the early 90s with the Turan pie craze. Goodness me. So <laughs> my experience has been fairly in-depth when it comes to business. And then we started a, a large business down here, which we sold recently. So we have good experience in that role. Fantastic. Just the kind of guy we need to chat to today. Welcome, Ian. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Shaw. Nicole, give us a bit of a background. Now, Nicole is the, the prettier side of Ian. Uh, husband Thank and wife you. team with us today. <laughs> Go ahead, Nicole. Yeah, so um, I also was educated in South Africa. I then went to the UK and did my master's in marketing um, over there and lived and worked there for six years, and then we moved back to Cape Town. So we had never lived in Cape Town before. Um, I think when you're younger, you're more prepared to take risks, And um, we just, but it was God's hand. So we were meant to be here, um, and that um, helped in the success of our business, our location, definitely because of head offices of different companies and that kind of thing. So um, Ian and I started the business together. We um, it, we started from scratch. It wasn't sort of inherited from parents or anything like that. And we learned a lot. And as Ian said, we recently um, sold the business. Okay, fantastic. Ian, there's a question I've heard being asked before, which uh, people discuss in boardrooms and not out in public. So I'm going to ask you in public. Uh, if you had to restart your business today again, would you beat the pants off your old business that you've sold? You're um, older, you're more mature, you got more wisdom. What do you think? I'm not convinced that that would be the case, I'm, I must be honest. I think there is value in gray hair, uh, the things that you've learned, but nothing really replaces the strength or the passion of youth where you know, you're in your 20s possibly, maybe even your late teens. A little bit naive. Yes. That. Don't know all the laws. Well, well <laughs> that can be good and bad. Um, but that passion and drive to succeed where you've still got 60, 60 plus years, mm -hmm. when you get older, that period obviously shortens. So, you know, down to 40, 30, 20. That takes the edge off because you're not as confident. And if you make mistakes, you've got a far shorter period in which to recoup. Whereas if you make your mistakes young, and that's why I'm a big proponent, big supporter, 
get out there and try. If you fail, it really, and you're young in your 20s, early, uh, late teens, 20s, even early 30s, it's not a train smash. Mm. You can recover. Mm. And there are many businessmen, many, many, many businessmen mm. who have failed and in that failure have learned and have tried, tried, tried again, and been successful along the line. It doesn't always happen at the first sure. attempt. Nicole, where does giving up come in? I mean, surely at some stage. I mean, you know, your, your yeah. husband's here and saying, keep trying, keep trying. I mean, at some stage, some people just, uh, you just see them. They're just demoralized. They Everything's come to an end for them. They feel at the end of their tether. Uh, how do we as Christians deal with that kind of situation? Not that you needed to. Sure. Um, so I think the big thing is that you, um, when you try and if something doesn't work, you learn from it. So I think that's a big thing is that you don't do the same thing again and again. The other very valuable thing is that you speak to people you can trust. So you get information from, um, or input rather, from other people. It doesn't mean you need to now employ a big fancy CA or, or a lawyer or anything like that. That's not what I mean. I mean, it's like, I think this is a good idea. I think that people want this product. Do you think people will want this product? How much are you prepared to pay for this product? So just asking your friends and family and getting that very real input. Sometimes it might not be what you want to hear they might mm. say oh i think that product sucks you know or whatever yes, it is yes. but taking that on board and and learning from that and being uh, wise in those decisions in terms of giving up you can't give up you, <laughs> you just can't to, you need to keep going i think um as your business grows you also it, it changes and you also feel a responsibility for people um working with you um in the business people that you've employed because obviously you have sure. their, their livelihood their families exactly yes so there was a statistics years ago that we um read when we first started our business and it was for every one person that you employ in South Africa you are actually supporting seven people Goodness so, me, that yeah. is an unbelievable statistic. Wow. That's right. Yeah. So it is, you need to, you know, keep in mind that you do have, um, and I don't mean it from a stressful anxiety way, but you do have the responsibility of those people. So your your decisions need to be calculated. Like Ian said, when you're younger and when a business is new, um, you have less to lose. So I think that you are, there's a lot of um, credit that can come out of, taking that step, making that risk, et cetera. But as you grow and perhaps you get to a factory like we did in the end with 50 people, it's a very different situation. So yes. your risks and stuff are a lot more calculated because there's a lot more on the line. Yes. Um, but I think just keeping straight with what you believe in, your morals, your quality, your quality rather, not just about quantity, but your quality and um, your ethics, that made for us a huge difference. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the Bible tells us that we should work as if we're doing our work for Christ. Um, what, what, um, Nicole's just touched on that, but what, what does that look like in South Africa? Now, let's give you a bit of my experience is, you know, everybody you deal with, you got to get them back to the premises. They break what they're supposed to fix or they break something else. And then you're paying people up front for work to be done. Then you find out they don't even have the parts in the country. It's got to come from, you know, Japan or Europe. And then they bring in the wrong parts. It's like it's just this never-ending series of, of uh, chaos and manipulation and lies and deceit. Uh, where does Christ and our Christianity come into all this? Yeah, Charles, that's a very good comment that you're making. Um 
I can't claim to have the answer, and I'm not a perfect Christian at all. I'm following Jesus like the rest of you, and I make mistakes, and, and we did the same in our business. We made mistakes, uh, but by the grace of God, we recovered. But what you're saying, I think we mustn't underestimate the role of Satan in this world. And obviously, he's going to he's going to manipulate us in business as well. Um, we all know we've got to earn a living, and we all know that Scripture says work as if you work for God, not yes. for a salary. And, you know, we all know that. That's 100% the truth. But at the same time, and I'm speaking now uh, from a, a personal testimony, it doesn't always feel that way. And that's not always the way you think when you go to work. Um, so in a lot of cases, you need you need to constantly remind yourself or have people around you who remind you why you go to work. Because sometimes it is mind-numbing. Sometimes you're doing a task which is very repetitive, day mm. in, day out. But the reality is it puts bread on the table. Uh, it feeds a family. It sends your children to schools, to universities, which helps our generations down the line develop further. Um, ethics at work, your pride in your work is important, not just because of you, but because as a Christian, we are called to be salt and light. We are called to be different to the world. And so many, you're 100% right. There are so many people that you will come across in business, as in any walk of life, where they are not. They are not Christians. They are not believers. They do not have the same worldview that we have, mm. the same attitudes that we have. So, yes, unfortunately, equipment doesn't matter. I didn't buy it. It's not mine. I don't have the right viewpoint of why I'm working. I don't have the right viewpoint of my boss. Um, I don't see them in the right way. And I think there in lies uh, Satan's, he's twisted it. He's he's blinded us to the fact that actually work is a, is a biblical, scriptural good thing. We should be working and we should be working hard. It's a blessing from the Lord. Absolutely. Mm. And we in South Africa are not unique in that respect. I think in, in some of the comments you made, yes, it is Africa specific. Um, lack of availability of spares, especially now with what we're dealing with where there's global sure. shipping issues. It's difficult to move stuff around. But in some cases, it's just people, Nicole and I would often say to each other, how is this company that we're dealing with still in business if this is the service that they so <laughs> happily give? That's right. Yes. Well, it's just pretty interesting to see these things and especially to hear it from a, a businessman's perspective. Um, many listeners uh, listening right now might have lost their jobs. They might be struggling. They don't know which way to go. Nicole, you've you've studied to master's level, so has Ian. Um, many of our listeners might never have that opportunity to um, to study at any, um, you know, let's call it a private college or even university level. Would you suggest them doing courses and you know um, certificates and things like that, or must they just um, go do something practical? Which sort of direction should people go? And what should they be thinking about uh, while they're sitting at home now? They've lost their jobs, they've got nothing, or they left school, no jobs available. Where does one start? Where, what does one start 
uh, in your worldview, our Christian biblical worldview, uh, what's our starting point? So I think that it's really um, important to get a job, no matter what the job is. And, you know, even if the salary isn't a lot, so that you have a track record, you can show that you can um, be at work on time, you know what it's like to work, your work ethic, you respect the fact that you have a job. And then um, to speak to your employers or to invest yourself in training and development. But I think that getting your foot in the door with any company. So I'll give you an example. So we were in um, level four or level five lockdown um, last year. And a friend of one of the um, members of our team, he was not working. So he was a very qualified person. He had been a supervisor, et cetera, at his, at his previous employment. However, they were shut because um, of the lockdown. So he, um, we spoke to him the, via the friend. We were a bit reluctant at first because we understood the position he had at the other business. And he came to us and he said, look, I would like to work with you guys because we were very busy, thank God. And he said, I'd like to work with you guys because I can see that, you know, you need more hands um, and I'm not um, – having to work for the same amount of money that I got previously. I understand that you can't pay me that. So I'll work for minimum wage, but I would like to help you. And for him, it was also getting some money rather than no money um, because his previous employment couldn't pay him um, his salary whilst he wasn't working. So he was prepared to take a job that was beneath him so to speak but he didn't see it like that he just felt that it was work and he was able to get some money at the end of the month which is a great attitude um long story short it's landed up that that person was unfortunately the company he worked for had to retrench staff and he was um took he, he was made redundant and he got a full-time employment with um our business and he was made a supervisor and it was his attitude that got him there the fact that he was prepared prepared to work for um, a less amount of money and the prepare, the fact that he was prepared to put himself there and show his work ethic and what he was able to do. And I would say that to people is go out there, look for a job. Don't think that something is beneath you. Yes. Start somewhere. Yeah, get your foot in the door. Yes. yes Ian. Charles, can I just add a comment there? Nicole's 100% right. But I think something worth pointing out as an encouragement is, yes, he started on minimum wage with us, when he took a redundancy package from his previous employer and then joined us full-time, he was made a supervisor after a few months and his salary returned to slightly more than what he was getting at his previous work. So he was no worse off. That In fact, he was slightly better off, all because of the attitude which he exhibited, I want to work. I'll work for minimum wage because I'm confident I can prove my worth. That is an amazing story. I, I've got a friend who was working for a, a big conglomerate in South Africa, and he was telling me about a young man who came and offered them three months of free labor just to get that on his CV. And I said to him, well, what's going to happen after the three months? He said, they can offer him a job. <laughs> well, that's, that is exactly the attitude that we should have. We know in South Africa that our level of unemployment – is, and to be honest, you've got to take with a pinch of salt the level that the government gives. The In statistics. Fact, it's a large dose of salt, yes. It's way more. It's way more than what they are prepared to reveal. So 
that attitude again shows someone who's willing. They, I'll do. I've always said personally, I don't mind what I do. I, I really don't mind if I need work. I'd be prepared to clean toilets. Yes, because it demonstrates so much about an individual, not the actual what you're doing, but that you're just prepared to do whatever prepared, it takes. Whatever it takes. Yes, I've uh, <laughs> always said to my wife too. I want my children to grow up so that even if they. St- Keep, uh, they have to clean the streets. They'll do it to the glory of God rather than having a child that grows up to be a university professor and hates God and doesn't care about their, their work ethic. Yeah, the important things must always be paramount. Sure. So, yes, you're working for the glory of God. Um, that's without a doubt uh, the most important thing. That, and we need to remind ourselves of that because it's so easy to forget. Yes. Um, I'm talking to Ian and Nicole. I'm Charles van Veek. You're listening to Salt and Light. Wonderful to have them. We're just talking about jobs, the economy, um, business. Uh, how does one fit in? Many of our friends, even in our Christian circles, at our churches, are struggling for jobs. Many have lost their jobs, been made redundant. Um, and, and people are wondering where to go and what to do. Where, where does their faith come into this? Um, what, what struggles are they going through right now? And um, it's interesting because you you, uh, Ian also brought up earlier uh, the idea of, you know, as we're older, we don't have the confidence of before. Let me ask Nicole, you know, the whole issue of confidence, you studied marketing. I think it's got a lot to do with that sort of world of your thinking, the ideas reaching out to people. Um, the the psychological side of um of being made redundant or not having a job or sitting around at home with nothing to do after college. You got your degree, you worked yourself to death, you got your matric, and now there's just, you know, nothing to do. How, how does one deal with it psychologically um, through your faith? Um, how does one change your worldview to actually motivate yourself and get out there and find something or do something? Okay, so I think the first thing we need to all remember is that we made in God's image. So God created us. Um, he created us all as individuals, um, as unique human beings. We all have um, something to offer. So no matter what you know you might be feeling in terms of confidence, what lies you might have been sold, you are unique. You have value. Um, God knows you better than you even know yourself. Um, yes, it's difficult to be motivated sometimes, but think of what you can do. Don't settle for your Sasa grant. There's so much more out there. You need to think of the pride that you will get from working, how you can provide for your family, how you can provide for yourself. And would you rather be sitting at home doing nothing um, or would you rather be working and being stimulated? I think for me, the the fact that you know you would like to earn an income, you would like to be stimulated at in a work environment, you can meet other people, you can improve your worth, show your work ethic, show work, like we've said, like you're working for Christ, show that you are different as a Christian. You will arrive at work on time. You don't expect a handout. And like you said earlier, I mean, if somebody went to a company and said, I'm prepared to work for three months for free, please give me a chance. I don't see how a company wouldn't take that person. Why would they not? Yeah. Well, I mean, why would they say no? For sure. Yes. And I, I just think, and then in those three months, it's like a three-month probation. Mm. You put your heart and soul you in You prove it. yourself. Exactly. I've got a friend that, uh, uh, praise God, came to faith in Christ in prison. 
and a company gave him an opportunity. They gave him his three months to come and work and see how things go. Well, they've taken him on full time. And the last I chatted to him, they gave him the company credit card with the keys for a vehicle to go out and purchase stock. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that sat in prison for years and years and years. Um, yeah, and that's you know. God's God's intervention in, in their life. But sure. the, the important thing there, Charles, is he made himself available. So, again, like you've said, I'll do whatever it takes. So if I've got to work for three months to prove myself without getting pay, well, that's got to be better than spending my rest of my life potentially sitting doing nothing at home without the, you know, and don't underestimate the effect that being a non-contributor has on a person. Because, you know, if you're staying at home and you're unemployed and, yeah, it can be very discouraging. But you pick yourself up every morning, the mercy's on you. You go out there, God will provide. And that's a, that's a massive thing for self-confidence. You know, we, we were made to work. So we wired by God to work. Exactly. So it is important that we do that. Yeah. Well, Ian and Nicole, we're talking to uh, this lovely couple, and you're listening to Salt and Light. We've just got a couple of minutes left. Left. We're talking about uh, work, about the economy, about business in South Africa. Many people are suffering and struggling. And uh, where do we go? What do we do? How do we start off? Um, Nicole, if you had to advise a young person, now lots of people are writing matric now, there's tens of thousands in South Africa who probably not going to find jobs and might not have opportunities for further education. Um, where, uh, when they're thinking about the future, you, we've already spoken about getting your foot in the door and that sort of thing. What does normal, simple courses or um, you know, practical um, courses have or help in the work environment? In other words, you were an employee, uh, employer. Um, when people came to you and they wanted a job, um, was it important that they've done certain courses and things like that? Or are you looking mainly for attitude? What do you look at from an employer's perspective? I'm sorry, we only got a few okay. minutes left and it's <laughs> a long question, but we'll carry on with the question in the next program next month. Okay, <laughs> so very quickly, I would say that attitude is key. So of course it depends what job you're going for. If you're going to be an accountant, yes, you need to have some finance degree. You need to degree. study, yes, that's right. Yes, you need to study. But if you're going to be a general worker in a factory, your attitude is what's going to get you there. Because as an employer, you will look for attitude, the people who have the right attitude and want to learn. You, No matter what the experience is, if people don't have the right attitude and if they're not willing to learn, you'd prefer not to have them in your factory. So I would say your attitude is key. Companies are looking for good people who want to work hard. You know, everybody wants a salary at the end of the month. Everybody wants to earn money, but not everybody wants to work. So be the person who wants to wow. work and actually earn your salary and make yourself somebody who stands out. Be at work on time. Have a positive attitude. Work respect. late. Exactly. Yeah. Do what you need to do. That's right. Make yourself stand out. Yeah. Ian, some final comments from you on the, regarding this whole subject? Yeah, sure. Uh, I can echo what Nicole has just said um, very definitely. For me, it's always about um, – 
what attitude you bring to the workplace. I can give you everything else. I can train you on the machinery. I can train you on our processes. I can train you on a whole host mm. of things that we need for you to be really competent but you in can't, our workplace. But you can't change that person's attitude. The attitude is the one thing that is very difficult to change. Yes. So if you come with the right attitude, I can work with that. I can give you everything else you need. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Being late for an interview, it's a non-starter for me. Mm. If you can't be there on time, then what does it say about what the rest of yes, your what's the, what's the rest gonna look like? work ethic is? So for me, bring the right attitude and most business will be able to give you the rest. Okay, fantastic. Ian, thank you very much, Nicole. Thank you very much for uh, challenging us, giving us some ideas, and uh, may God bless you and uh, for your future. And uh, thank you for starting a business in South Africa and employing people and giving them those opportunities. Thanks no. for what you've done for our country. No problem, Charles. Thank you, as always. Thanks, Charles. As well, Charles van Weyck, you've been listening to Salt and Light, and I'm closing off. Goodbye.